Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The next thing is a recording, a recording from the Prevention of Blindness. We're um, ready whenever you are. Okay, well, let's, let's run that. And then we have uh, the, the CEO of the company, hopefully, uh, Karen Forston coming to or, uh, afterward to do a Q&A. So let's run the recording from Prevention of Blindness. This is from Sean Curry. Hello. Thank you for giving me the opportunity today to present to you all. My name is Sean Curry, and I'm the Associate Director of Programs at the Prevention of Blindness Society of Metropolitan Washington. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about our organization, what we do, and who we serve. In particular, I will focus more on our low vision programs. So let's get started. All right, so first a little bit about the Prevention of Blindness Society. We were founded in 1936, so we've been around in the DC metropolitan region for quite a bit of time. Originally, we started as a children's screening um, organization. However, we did transition then to glaucoma and then in the 80s, low vision as well. And our organization's mission is that we are dedicated to the improvement and preservation of sight and quality of life by providing services and education and by championing healthy vision and innovation to everyone in our area. I'll explain how we do that here very shortly. We serve the DC metropolitan region, which includes DC proper, Montgomery and Prince George's County in Maryland and Northern Virginia. And each year we impact approximately 13,000 community members in this region. The services we provide range the entire both vision spectrum and age spectrum from young toddlers to people over the age of 100. Uh, A little bit about our programs. Our children's vision screening program involves us going into schools or community centers to provide uh, screenings for amblyopic risk factors. So think of things such as uh, lazy eye, a turned eye or strabismus, uh, refractive error, astigmatism, and the like. That's what we're really screening for. And we help refer out and help those um, with vision problems find an eye doctor if need be. An extension of that program is our mobile pediatric eyeglasses clinic, where we go into primarily Title I schools and provide the full eyeglass or the full eye care service. So this includes the screenings, but we also then have an eye doctor there with us to provide an exam. And we have an optician there to provide two free pairs of eyeglasses to children that need them, all at the same location. Our goal of of this is to um, eliminate a lot of barriers and uh, allow children to have the best opportunity to be able to succeed in the classroom and in life as well. Moving on to our adult programs, we have an affordable eyeglasses clinic, which is located in our headquarters location. And this is really for those who are either uninsured or underinsured. So think somebody who has, let's say, a Medicaid and they have a pair of eyeglasses and unfortunately they lost them or they broke them. Well, if you're in for less than a year or less than two years, depending on the state that you're in, you may not be able to get another pair of eyeglasses uh, covered by your insurance. So we have this clinic available. For those of of you who are in need of these eyeglasses, but 
maybe can't afford to pay everything out of pocket. Eyeglasses are significantly cheaper here. In addition, we have our adult vision and glaucoma screening program where similar to the children's screening program, instead of going to schools though, we go to uh, community centers, health fairs, places of work, on senior centers and so on and so forth to provide glaucoma and vision acuity screening. If someone fails, we do try to follow up with them and give them the information they need so they can go see an eye doctor, especially with glaucoma, which is a major concern in our DC metro area. We also provide eye health education events where we have a volunteer doctor or somebody else come and talk about the latest research going on or about aging eye diseases or general vision and eye health to different populations. And then we have our low vision programs, which I'm going to focus most of our conversation on today. Finally, we have thrift shops that help support our cause and our mission. These thrift shops uh, have a lot of really great knickknacks and furniture and clothing and pretty much anything you can think of at thrift stores or community aid stores. Uh, and all the proceeds that go on there go directly back into our sight-saving programs. We have two locations, one in Kensington and on uh, Antique Road, and one in Old Town Alexandria. So before I talk a little bit more about low vision, I would need to define what is low vision. So low vision is characterized as vision loss that cannot be corrected by medical or surgical treatments or conventional eyewear. Low vision often makes it difficult to complete everyday activities, such as reading or driving, and it can also potentially threaten our independence. There's a couple different ways you may experience low vision. Central vision loss, peripheral or your side vision loss, poor contrast sensitivity. So similar colors are hard to see. I mean, the most common one is, you know, am I wearing black or navy pants? Uh, and I have a little example here. If if you can tell me what that box says, I will be very impressed. I myself am struggling seeing it right now. I know what it says, but uh, if you can read it, let me know. Uh, but if you can't, this is an example of contrast sensitivity. And then finally, trouble with depth perception. Because if we can't see different depths, think about going up and down stairs or grabbing for something. This can cause a lot of safety issues as well. Now on to our low vision programs. So we have three main prongs of our low vision programs, all of which are focused on helping provide resources, services, technologies, and support to help those of us with low vision maintain our independence and life quality. The first such program is our resource and support group network. Our resource and support group network focuses on resource sharing and social support from peers. Last year, we had more than 1,000 attendees at POB-led groups, uh, and we currently have 12 in the area, as well as supporting a couple other groups as needed. In addition, if other support groups in the region, in addition, if other support groups in the region want uh, help finding a speaker or want us to come talk about a topic, we are able to do that upon request. Um, a big part of our resource and support groups is, like I said, uh, peer support, social support, and resource sharing. Uh, but it's a really great place as well to learn unique solutions to different challenges. One example I like to give is we were discussing the other day about problems in the kitchen. 
And one individual mentioned that they were having problems where when they were trying to pour their cup of coffee in the day, they would consistently either overfill it or underfill it. And both of which could be quite pestering and quite annoying. But more in particular, if we overflow it, then we have hot liquid all over the place that can burn us. And cleaning up is never a fun task. So we brainstormed a couple ideas at the meeting. One person came up with a technology solution. There is a indicator that you can put on your mug or on your glass that will beep at you when it gets to a certain level. So it gives you a warning of, hey, we're getting really close to the top. Maybe it's time to stop. And then it beeps even faster the higher up you get. This was a unique solution and the identifiers are not very expensive and they're easy to find on Amazon or on MaxiAids or one of the other websites. Uh, but then somebody came up with another option that was free. This person mentioned, well, when I pour my hot cup of tea, I put my cup or my mug into the sink and then I pour it in from there. So if I do overpour, I don't have a mess I have to clean up because the liquid will just go down the drain or in the, stay in the sink. We thought that was a really great idea. Uh, and it, it helps out with two different things. One, not overflowing. Uh, two, no cleanup. And you don't even have to spend a little bit of money for the identifier. So this is just kind of a simple solution that we've shared before there. Some other things that we have in the network is our monthly newsletter, Your Eyes Today which runs both in large print and an online that uh, sent to you via email, where you can read about different low vision topics, resources, technologies, and also learn about the upcoming group meetings and events we have. We also have a blog called the Low Vision Perspective, which is part of Your Eyes Today, which, um, but it's a blog written by one of our resource navigators, which I'll talk about in a second, who is also blind or vision impaired, talking about different lifestyle challenges and issues related to low vision. We also have a resource guidebook, Your Eyes and Low Vision. This guidebook has compiled over 100 pages of resources and services in the DC metropolitan community. Our idea with this is that it can be very difficult to find the resources and services out there. We are blessed in the DC metro community with so many that it can be difficult to find what you need and when you need it. So what we've done is compiled most of the resources into a booklet already for you. So you can just then sift through that instead. Uh, and again, this resource guidebook and all of services that we provide through this resource and support group network are all free because uh, we're really focused on making sure that you get what you need. The next prong of our low vision programs is our low vision learning center. So low vision learning center, it's a really great place to learn a lot of different things when it comes to low vision and maintaining independence and quality of life. At the center, you can learn about resources and services, get connections to support group or peer group, get help with referrals to a low vision doctor or occupational therapist or through government service agencies as well. And it's also an opportunity to try out the different technologies, aids, and devices that are out there. And this is a big one that we originally thought that was gonna be the focus at the center, 
is that the center is house, houses all kinds of technologies from CCTVs and video magnifiers to bump dots and writing guides. And what we want to do there is provide the opportunity for folks to try out everything for free before they make a decision. As many of you likely know, a lot of resources or a lot of technologies, excuse me, are uh, quite expensive, especially the uh, video magnifiers and the wearable devices. So before you go and drop $3,000 on something, you want to make sure that it's something that works for you. And this is what the center is there for. But we also learned through the pandemic that this center can be a hub for resource sharing and information gathering. And it has really transformed itself and been a big component of our program recently. You can access our Low Vision Learning Center, which is staffed by our resource navigators who are all blind or vision impaired themselves. And you can access it through appointments in person or via our resource and information hotline. So if you can't make it to our Bethesda office, you can call and ask your questions over the phone. Again, the Low Vision Learning Center services are free. Our hours here are for the hotline Monday through Friday, 11 to 5. And if you call outside those hours, just leave a message and your point of contact and your contact information, and uh, we'll get back to you. If you want an individual appointment, we have them on Thursdays and Fridays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you can give our resource hotline a call uh, to set up your appointment. And I'm going to provide all of the uh, contact information on my last slide. The final prong of our uh, resource and support groups, or excuse me, of our low vision programs is low vision rehabilitation. So low vision rehabilitation is the services that are provided, the, the medical services provided by a low vision specialist, in particular, a low vision optometrist. A low vision rehabilitation will involve a low vision exam, which will include developing a personalized rehabilitation plan for your individual goals with the doctor. It will include an evaluation, counseling, coping strategies, and learning about and practicing visual aids. In addition, low vision exam can include further referrals to outside professionals, including an occupational therapist, orientation and mobility trainer, social worker, government agencies, resources, and the like. And oftentimes we may get, you may get referred to our center where you can learn more. Uh, the low vision exams are covered under Medicare and most private insurances. Unfortunately, they are not free, um, but it is a medical uh, aspect and it does require billing. Uh, finally, the focus of this rehabilitation is on maintaining or regaining independence and quality of life. So it aligns a lot with what we are doing with our uh, lay resource and service navigation and resource and support groups. This, the uh, low vision exams and rehabilitation really stresses compensatory and adaptive strategies to perform activities. So think of optimizing what remaining sight you have through magnification, lighting, and contrast, but then also learning about large print, um, auditory and tactile cues, and other means of being able to complete activities. And I want to folk, I want to end with the idea that, you know, there really is no magic pair of glasses that's going to restore you back to 2020 vision. 
You may get, you might hear marketing for stuff like that. Unfortunately, most of the time, it's not, that's not how it's going to be. But there are ways to optimize your remaining site and learn how to compensate with other senses and other methods to be able to compensate for your lost vision. Uh, and just briefly, a, a couple new initiatives. You know, we're never stuck doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, our, our, is that we are completing a needs assessment focused on the resources and services, in particular, the professional services available in our DC metro community, and looking at ways that we may be able to provide better service, maybe recruit more professionals, uh, and really provide better service to everyone who is blind and vision impaired in our community. In addition, we are focusing um, a new event on friends and family of those of us who have low vision or vision loss. Unfortunately, a lot of this, these people, they don't really get targeted a lot. And if you hear, you know, if they're helping you out, maybe they have their own questions, but they're afraid to ask you. Um, and this is a way for you to get connected with others as well. More to come on that shortly. And um, I'll explain how you can learn more about that. And I just want to end by sharing a couple of the uh, technologies that we share at the Low Vision Learning Center, as I want to give you a little bit of value at the end here. Uh, the first is smart devices. So a smartphone, such as an iPhone or an Android, we have different, we can uh, show you how to access all of the unique settings that are already available on your smartphone. Uh, and if you haven't accessed this yet, you'd be amazed at what's already available in the palm of your hand. There's a magnifier already on the phone that you can use. And there's also um, bolder text. You can use text to speech. So if you need to talk to someone or, or if you want to text somebody, but you can't use the keypad, you can just talk what you want to text and send. Uh, and there's all kinds of apps as well to get connected with uh, sighted volunteers or using um, artificial intelligence, such as seeing AI and all these other kinds of great, really great things that you can get from a smartphone. Same goes with tablets that operate very similar to a smartphone. And then home home devices such as Amazon Alexa. Uh, and at the Low Vision Learning Center and at our resource and support groups, we can show you how to use your home device or use your smartphone to make the most and be able to do a lot of activities you thought you may not be able to do. In addition, we can show you computer, basic computer accessibilities. So if you have a Windows computer and you want to learn how to make your fonts bigger or use text-to-speech, we can show you how to do that with, um, or at our center, excuse me, or even at resource and support groups. And there's always low-tech options as well. Bump dots are a very powerful tool, especially in the kitchen or when you are doing laundry, um, we have all kinds of different examples that we can give you, such as, you know, putting one big dot on your minute plus on the microwave, two big dots on the clear button, and a square dot on the popcorn button. Um, and there's all kinds of other ways that you can do it as well, but that's just a basic example. Finally, I want to share our contact information. Here you can find our Low Vision Learning Center, which is located in Bethesda, our resource hotline, which is 301-951. 4444. And you can also see here our headquarters location, which is located at 415 2nd Street Northeast in Washington, D.C. Our phone number for the headquarters location 
is 202-234-1010. And you can reach me via email at this phone number or at my email, which is scurry, C-U-R-R-Y, at your eyes, Y-O-U-R-E-Y-E-S dot org. And then at the bottom, um, and we have four different or three different locations for low vision rehabilitation services. And remember that is with the low vision doctors. We have one in Old Town Alexandria, one in Bethesda and one in DC. Uh, and to make an appointment, you can call 703-652-7803. So I wanna thank everyone for taking the time today and meeting with me and listening to me. and. Uh, I welcome, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to ask. Uh, Ms. Karen Forsten is with us today, and I'm sure she would be happy to answer any questions you have. And if she can't answer any of the questions, she will be able to relay it to me, and I can help answer them as well. So I hope you all have a great rest of your day and have a great weekend. Okay. Um, is Karen on the panel side? Hello. Yes, I am. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. This is great. Well, I do have a question. Uh, I'll start off with a question since I can. Um, you talked, oh, well, um, Sean talked about the, the, the center where you could go and look at and try these various things. Is everything there low vision or do you have things like braille displays and note takers and, you know, things for blind people also, or is it just for low vision? So it is, it is a low vision center. Okay. Um, but in addition to trying some things, there are also services that we talk about that would carry over. So mm -hmm. we, we can help people get um, linked into Metro Access. We can talk about transportation. Um, there are a lot of things that we can, that, um, we can talk about. Okay. Okay. Karen, this is Pat. She and I had a question too, but first I want to say thank you. That was a very excellent presentation. Sean, Gavin, appreciate you being here. I'll make mine short, so maybe we can take a question or two also from the audience. Um, the glaucoma screenings, uh, do you, uh, first of all, are you doing them now live because with the pandemic, uh, having people come in or, and also, if individuals are within, uh, let's say, some rehab facilities or something like that, and they need, you know, they needed either screenings or they individuals needed training on how to deal with glaucoma, is that something you provide in the Washington D.C. area? So um, we are tiptoeing back out into the public and doing um, mm -hmm. screenings. We do screenings at community events, <clears throat> so mm -hmm. if. Uh, if a church or an organization has has organized a health fair, um, we will go there and screen um, for the most part. We've we've tried to host our own, and the turnout just isn't as great as when people are there for right. other things as well. Right. Um, okay. So that answers the screening question. Um, and but questions on how to uh, <clears throat> you know to to deal with glaucoma once if someone has it. We will do education um, talks, and we okay. also have um, <clears throat> we also have uh, information online. Um, Great. Does that, that help? Does that get it? Yes. Okay. Yes, so it, it, it does help with the second one. Good. Sure. Is reach out to Sean, and uh, we can put together a talk. 
Beautiful. That that would be that may be very helpful for some individuals I know. Great. Thank you. Sandra has her hand raised. Uh, hi. Thank you, Karen. Mm. Um, excellent presentation. Um, I love you know definitely a wealth of knowledge, and I'm just welcoming you to our convention as well. Um, I have a comment slash question. So, if I have a person who lives in Richmond. Um, is that too far away for you all to serve or could, could you potentially assist her or so, no? Well, so our, um, uh, our service area is technically DC and the immediately surrounding communities. So that's where our, our sphere of knowledge is. That's where we know the, the resources really well. Okay. Um, and so that's that's where our expertise is. That said, there are people who call our hotline from all over the world. I do not know how they get us, but our group will do their best. Um, okay. it, it's possible that there are groups in the Richmond area. Um, I know there are some site well, organizations. I feel like this is um, it, it's a huge wealth of information. And even if you know, um, my friend can't receive direct services from you. I suspect um, a lot of your resources, you know, it's at least pointing her in the right direction, if that makes any sense to you. And and our town hall is open to anyone as well. So, um, you know, so if you want to- Could you just repeat the contact information again? Because I didn't have anything to write with at the time that Sean was- Sure, um, sure. Well, let me just give you the telephone number because honestly, if, if you call this number, we will get you on the right list. We will get you wherever you want to be. But the, the, phone, oh. the phone number is 301-951-4444. Okay. Thank you. Okay, terrific. Are there any more hands? No, there's no other hands raised at this time. Well, the um, the time police say that it's two minutes after 8.30. Thank you so much, Karen, and extend our thanks to Sean for his recorded presentation. And I very much appreciate both of you being with us today. What a wonderful resource we have here in, in the D.C. area. Thank you very much. Someone raised their hand at the last oh, minute. Gary, okay. Gary, um, the gates. Jane, I just wanted to make an announcement that I thought everybody would like to know. Thank you for that presentation, by the way. It was excellent. But I just thought people would like to know this, and I'm going to make it now. David Pullman has passed away. <gasps> oh. Um, for those who don't know, David was a longtime member of ACB of Maryland. And he was an avid Apple and Mac user, very knowledgeable about those things. And God rest his soul. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks so much, Gary, for for uh, letting us know. Thank you for letting us know. Appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Oh. He, um, he really did an awful lot as far as technology was technology was concerned. He uh, was very proud of the work he did and helping to develop standards that were used uh, for access and particularly on the iPhone. So he served a lot of us in, in the technology capacity. And I know he's been not well for a while. And, uh, and uh, I know we had some folks in uh, 
in the Silver Spring area, uh, Francie Gilman being one and, and Kathy being a second one uh, that really supported him. And, Well, on that note, um, it is 8.30, time for the next presentation. I got to keep us all on track. That's what I do. Um, very good. Uh, so I, it's me next, right? Well, we need to see whether Mia Richardson she is here. He yes. is here. He is yes. here. Hi, I am here. Hello, everyone. Hey, Mia. Hey, so Mia. Hey. So thank you, Mia. Mia is going to talk to Hi, us Mia. about... Hey, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> Mia's glamorous gems, Havarasi jewelry. Mia, take it away. You sound great on audio, Mia. Thanks. Oh, well, thank you, Pat. <laughs> um, good evening, guys. So, as Pat said, I am Mia's glamorous gems. I sell paparazzi jewelry. It is $5 a piece, and I have picked some of my pieces that have sold out, and I have one left of these so i was like well let me give the exclusives to you guys okay um so how this could work and you guys tell me if this doesn't work for you all um i figured if you like something and you want that thing you can either raise your hand or speak up and say hey yeah yeah i want that save that for me okay um i take cash shop or zale um and i do mail all of my things off Okay, so you wouldn't have to meet me to get anything or anything like that. Okay, mm -hmm. any questions? Okay. You, you probably yeah. have to describe what you're showing us because I know not having my video on and not being able to see it anyway. <laughs> got you. Got you. Thanks. Got you, you know I got you. I, I'm partially blind too. I got you. I got you. I'm going to describe it. Okay. So this first one that I have, it is number one. Um, so if you want something from this and you want to remember, just say number one. I remember I want number one. So each piece has its own name. And the first piece that I'm showing you, the necklace is called Oceanic Opulence. So it's a faceted and smooth raspberry sherbet bead joined textured silver disc and a dainty silver beads along two thin wires layering into a flamboyant pop of color below the collar. Features an adjustable clasp closure. Okay, so it has like an, a little extender. So if you need it to be a little extra, all of paparazzi jewelry comes with a extra pair of little bobble earrings. They're just like little balls on a fish hook earring. Okay. That is $5. Everything is $5 to pair with this. I also have these gorgeous earrings. These are called the final cut. It's an asymmetrical crystal light acrylic frame swings from the ear casting rainbow reflections with this glassy exterior earring attaches to a standard fish hook fitting. So these are also fish hooks, okay? And the bracelet that goes with that, it's called Oceanside Bliss. It's glassy and opaque, raspberry sherbet, crystal-like beads, and textured silver accents are threaded along stretchy bands, creating vivacious layers that wrap boldly around the wrist. So it's pretty stretchy, fits all types of wrists. And I have to say that all of our jewelry is lead and nickel-free. Okay, so it's not going to break you out. And this also comes with the ring, if you like rings. I do. I love rings. This ring is called Pure Paradise. 
Sounds great. Love Paradise. It is an antique silver finish, elegant frills, and dotted design swirls across an airy oval frame, creating a blossoming botanical design atop the finger. Features a stretchy band and a flexible fit. So all of paparazzi rings are very stretchy, so they fit all size fingers. Okay? Anyone likes that? You can raise your hand, say you want number one, or send me a message. Now for number two, I have this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous blue. Um. Reverend Reverend Ray has his hand raised. Uh oh. You, you can. Hey, Mr. Raisin. Hello. How are you? All right, and you? Great. I like one and two. You like? Well, I only showed one, but it's a set. So it's you. It's a necklace, bracelet, earrings, and a ring. Which ones of those did you like? Uh. 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 The, uh, the, the, uh, the the necklace and the um and the earrings. All right, I will put that aside for you. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and Jane had my credit card number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Miss Jane, I don't, make sure that I don't that. keep credit card numbers. I don't. Oh. Keep <laughs> just that, I, just that, just that I use it with her so much. That's yeah, I know, but I don't keep them. <laughs> No, I know, I know. So, okay, so you and me can work that out. You'll get, you'll get in touch with me or something, right? You'll get. Yes, I will. Um, I will call you. Um, to get the information afterwards so that you can um cash app. I get your all of you guys is anyone who orders anything. I'll get your address and everything so that I can send off your packages. Okay. You're welcome. All right. So this next piece, my daughter specially picked this for tonight. It is a one and done. This piece is blue. It is various colors of blue, and it is gorgeous. The necklace is called Date Night. Hmm. So it's a dewy oval-shaped navy blue and spring lake opals. It's exaggerated silver prong setting and suspended from silver chains. It's asymmetrical arrangement that makes a bold impact below the collar, and it also features an adjustable clasp. Okay? Gorgeous. This is number two, guys. Number two. Super gorgeous. Um, so the earrings that go with this, these are hoop earrings. They are called Garden for Two. They are whimsical swirls of antique silver they flow wildly within simple silver frames to create an intricate hoop. The earrings are attached to a standard post fitting. Hoop measures approximately two inches in diameter. So they're really cute, nice, dainty. You can go from day to night, work to, you know, if you want to go out or something like that. Really nice, simple, cute. The bracelet that goes with this set is called Garden Rendezvous. The dewy navy blue opals set in dainty studded silver frames mingle with frames of swirling silver as they alternate along stretchy bands with a whimsically wild fashion around the wrist. So this bracelet is also stretchy for all different size wrists and really cute, matches well with the necklace and the earrings. 
If anyone would like that, that's set number two. This, this whole set would be $15. Okay. Moving on to number three. This set is for my brass lovers. I have something for everyone. Something for everyone. So for my brass lovers, this necklace is called Lip Sync Links. It's cute. Tongue tie. It's layers of oblong brass links attached to a collection of oversized antique brass rings, creating a dramatic industrial centerpiece. Attached to a brass chain, the rustic links create an unconventionally edgy statement below the collar. It features also an adjustable clasp closure. And remember, everyone, that all of these necklaces come with an extra pair of earrings. Just like a little bonus. Now, the earrings that I've paired with these that I feel like just go super well is called NSYNC. Because I feel like it's NSYNC with this necklace. It's textured brass rings merged with antique matte rings and a curvy ribbon of rustic drama as they wrap around behind the ear. Earring attaches to a standard post fitting and it, the hoop measures about two centimeters in diameter. So not super big, but not super small. Again, super cute and classy. This set is number three, and it is $10. Let me know if you like this set. Okay. Number four. Now, this one is a pop of color for you all. Put some color for all of my, all of my yellow lovers. The necklace. This is number five. The necklace is opaque and solid illuminating cube beads, gradually increasing in size as they alternate with dainty silver beads below the collar. They're infused with sections of classic silver chains. The edgy geometrical layers create an intense pop of summery color for a seasonal finish. Features an adjustable class closure. Okay? Now, the hoops that go with this, they're, they're called Made You Hook. Super cute. The surface of a J-hook shaped silver hoop is flashy finish and reflects the light emitting an edgy shimmer. Earrings attached to a standard post and it measures in about one centimeter diameter. Okay. Now this also comes with two bracelets. The first bracelet is called Transcend and Tourist. It's varying in size because it's again stretchy. It's solid and opaque illuminating cube beads, alternate with dainty silver beads to decorate the stretchy band. The other bracelet is called Vacay Vagabond. It also has the stretchy beads, and it has three bracelets in one, which is $5. You get three bracelets for $5. Can't beat that, right? Um, and it wraps around the wrist, and of course, that's stretchy as well. This is number four. Let me know if anyone wants number four. Five. Oh, five? five. You're here, Reggie, in the background. Sorry. Number five. <clears throat> and this next one is for my gold lovers. All of my gold people. So this one is for the Baba Boom. If you love to be just fashionable and you love to just like make a statement, this is definitely a statement piece. If you're a little extra like me, it is 
all there is, okay? Not all there is what it's called, K-N-O-T. I had like eight of these and all of them were gone. This is the last one. So this one, it's a strands of long glistening gold chains and around delicate and classic styles are pulled together in a sassy knot, creating a show-stopping fringe pendant tassel and a flirty finish. It also has the adjustable closure. Now for this one, for the extra pair of earrings, it has the little, it looks like chandelier earrings just dangling down, hang down with the, the fish hook clasp. Um, the earrings, though, that you can also get to elevate the necklace is called Retro Ringleader. We all want to be the ringleader? We won't be no followers? It has an abundance of miniature shiny gold rings slide around a single gold front-facing hoop, resulting in a polished industrial vibe. Earring attaches to a standard fish hook. So this is fish hook as well. Now this also has some little gold hoops. I don't know if y'all can hear that. A little dangly gold hoops. Anyone loves little hoops on their wrist, the little bracelets. This is called Circulate Circus. So these are also different textured gold hoops. You get all of these, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of these for $5. You get nine gold hoops for five, gold bracelets for $5. It also comes with the ring. The ring is called Contemporary Convergence. It's shiny and smooth and textured gold bands create an illusion of flowing movement as they crisscross over the finger, resulting in a glowing, gritty vibe. And it's also stretchy back. Okay? This is Barbie. Number- Barbie has her hand raised. Hi, Barbie. Hello, Mia and Reggie Platt. Hi. Hey, Barbie. All right. And you're you know I'm extra, so I have to get that from you. Okay. Do you want the whole set? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. It is I gorgeous. Am, that is cool. You have something else going on, Mia. Wow, I didn't know you had that line. Yes, ma'am. Always have oh. to keep something else in the pocket. Yeah. Yep. Always. We also, thank you, ma'am. We also have Sandra with her hand raised. Hey, Sandra. Good evening, Mia. How are you? All right, and you? Fine, thank you. I would like number three, please. Number three. Got you. You want the whole set? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I knew you was going to get. Andrew. Of course, of, of course. I'm gonna. I was gonna get one and two as well, but I'm gonna save those for somebody else, and I'm not gonna be greedy about it. Um, <laughs> but I do have one more question. No, what do you say? He said, "Be greedy." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I want two as well. Okay. <laughs> um. But my question is, if I turn my video on and show mm-hmm. you a bracelet. Can you find me something to match with it? Of course. Fabulous. Of course. So, everyone, I also do individual sessions where we can Zoom, FaceTime, and say, like, if you have an outfit, you have somewhere you need to go and you need to have some jewelry to match with it. I do that as well. I match outfits. If you need a personalized session to see, say, you only like blue or green, we do a personalized session and I show you what I have, blue or green. Can you see this? 
I can see you. Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. Those pearls. Is that, let me see, put it a little closer. I can't tell if that's gold or silver. That is gold. Ah, that matches what I have on. So, the next one I'll do then, you can do wild card. If you like this one, you can call this one wild card because this is the one I have on. So, Sandra, this is a long gold necklace and it's long and it has the shimmery white pearls encased in faceted gold rings and hung from a stretch of double link gold chains, creating a dramatic display across the chest. A rod is threading through each pearl, allow the beads to spin within its frame as it dances along the background of gold links. Okay, this one also has an adjustable frame. This one also has the glamour graduate earrings, which are all pearls. And you never really see pearls in a hoop style, but these are in a pearl hoop style. So this one gradually increases in size at the center. A classy row of white pearls are threaded along an oversized hoop for a polished finish. Earrings attached to a standard pearl spinning, and they're about two and one-fourth in diameter. Super cute. Um, the bracelet, I don't know if you can hear that, sounds kind of like um, charm bracelet, which is what it pretty much looks like. It's an orbiting... Actually, op- I'm good with the bracelet, because remember, I wanted to match the bracelet that I already have. This is true. Well, do you like ring Sandra? Um, no, not really. Okay. Well, what about the necklace and earrings? Do you want those? Yes, ma'am. All right, got you down. And definitely, Mia is amazing. Her products are awesome. She does all kinds of consultations, and I can't tell you enough. She is spectacular. So I really, really, really encourage you all um, to reach out and avail yourselves of her services. Well, thank you, Sandra. No problem. Reggie say you didn't say he was awesome. This is not about you, Reggie. You aren't exhibiting right now, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know us, Reggie is my husband. <laughs> um, well, so the next one, this is number eight. So the next one, number eight, we have, it's called Albuquerque Artisan. So a little, you know, artistic, super cute, little earthy. Um, It's an earthy collection of irregular shaped turquoise stones. They're each pressed into a distinctive antique silver frame. Each frame showcases a unique pattern of studded and dotted texture, resulting in an exclusive artisanal vibe. So I figured because it's, you know, I like these kind of necklaces, especially for people who are visually impaired, um, because they have a little texture to them. And they feel like um, braille, sort of, when you feel the necklace and around it. The earrings that go with it is called Rio Rancho Relic. It's a dainty dotted wide over silver frame. It's partially filled with a high sheen hammered silver, leaving an airy cutout at the top for a polished finish. The earrings are also fish hook. So when I say hammered look, it looks like they are textured. So when you move and turn, you get a little light on them. So people notice them. Okay. 
The ring that goes with this is called Dotted Decrum. This one definitely feels like bump dots. I love this ring. Absolutely love it. Um, blind and visually impaired individuals love it because, again, I only have one of this set. Um, it's brimming from the edge to edge with studded texture, reminiscent, and cobblestone. A wide silver band is bordered in dainty studs, resulting in a free-spirited fashion atop the finger. And it also has the stretchy band. The bracelet that goes with this is just like the necklace. Super cute. It says Tails Trendsetters, what this is called. It's an earthy collection. It's shaped in turquoise stones. I'm sorry? It's, it has the turquoise stones, just like the necklace, each pressing to the distinctive antique silver frames. Each frame showcases a unique pattern of studded and dotted textures, resulting in the artisanal vintage vibe as it falls around the wrist. It has the adjustable clasp, so you, it can fit all different size wrists. And again, this has like the textures, just like dots or braille. This is number seven, so if anyone would like this set, it is... Number seven, let me know. Uh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Cassandra. Cassandra? A, yes, ma'am. So it has like a Native Native American look? Like a Native, Native uh, Indian look? Kind of, sorry. Yes, it does, actually. And so in the toys, it's really, really beautiful. It's It pops. Just like Native Americans do. We pop. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So the bracelet is one bracelet? Yes, ma'am. It is one bracelet. Right. It has um, turquoise stone, turquoise color stones on it. Yes. Uh -huh. And the ring is just silver. It's all silver, and it has the grooves in it. The necklace uh -huh. has turquoise uh -huh. stones on it. And the earrings have textures as well in their fish hook. Uh-huh. So the whole set will be $20. Each individual piece is $5. Right. I'm sorry. So how much is the set? The set is $20. Yes, ma'am. All you right. That is my number, too. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Oh, Thank and, and Miss Kane has Mr. Ray's card number. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're using Mr. Ray's card number today. All right. I have my helper over here, guys. My daughter. She is my trusted helper. She loves paparazzi jewelry. Not the ones that she's supposed to like because we have a kids line as well. She loves the adult everything <laughs> okay so this next set is super cute and don't worry all the men here i do have a couple things for the men that i'm going to show right after this men just go super fast so i don't always have any <laughs> a lot of things once they come in they're gone this necklace that i am showing it is called fairy tale affair now if you can just guess at that for a second Yes, a bubbly collection of champagne cat's eye stones, glassy white rhinestones, and glistening gold discs delicately into enchanting frames below the collar that link into a whimsical centerpiece. It also has an adjustable clasp closure, 
The earrings that are paired with this is called Epic Elegance. Looks just like the name. A glassy white rhinestone and champagne cat's eye stone. Looks just like the necklace. It gives a combination of the two whimsical frames encircled in a ring of dainty white rhinestones create an elegant lure. The earrings are fish hook. Come in the back. Okay, and the bracelet that comes with this. Really cute bracelet. Storybook bean. It's encased in sleek gold fittings, a bubbly collection of champagne cat eyes. All of them have that cat eyes, so they match. Glassy white rhinestones. It's mismatch frames that delicately connect around the wrist for an effervescent elegance. It features an adjustable clasp as well. And this is gold as well. It has the gold in intertwined. And it also comes with the ring. Majestically mythic. And it's a trio of round champagne cat eye stones and a set of gold prolonged fitting between two dainty gold bands that are encrusted in rows of glassy white rhinestones, creating an elegant layered centerpiece atop the finger. Of course, it's stretchy. This is number eight. So if you like number eight, let me know. The time police, you're going to get us in a minute. It's Okay. Let me show the men's. So I do have some men's rings. That's all I have left of my men's because the men's go super fast. Mm -hmm. I don't keep men's anything. So I do have three men's rings left. This one is all silver. It has a texture feel all around the um, roundness of the ring. And it is stretchy. Our men's rings are also stretchy. Um, it's a kind of sleek finish on the outside and textured in the middle. And it goes all the way around. Now, the good thing I like the, about the men's rings is you really can't tell that it's stretchy. Once you put it on your finger, it looks like it's all the all around the same thing. That is number eight. Oh, number nine. I'm sorry. If you want this men's rings, number nine. The next men's ring looks like a tire. It has the same texture, groove, feel. I love this. Especially if you have anxiety, you can roll it around. And these aren't necessarily all men's rings because I do have a lot of women who buy these as well. Um, this one, I do use it myself as an anxiety ring. I just roll it around. Um, it feels like a tire. Again, it's stretchy and it's silver and it has a kind of like an airbrush black finish. You like this? Say 9B, 9B. Let me know. Again, all of these rings are $5. The last one is a silver ring. It is stretchy as well. And it has a triangle on the top. And the triangle is empty inside. It's hollow. So you can see the fingers. So when you put it through, it looks really gorgeous on your finger or handsome, whichever one. It has a thinner look to it on the ring on the inside of the finger side. If you like that one, say 9C. 9C. Okay. That's it that I have for the men's. How much time do I have left? Um, there isn't. It's nine o'clock. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. No worries. Thank you. We all, all night, but we have <laughs> another presenter and a movie afterwards. Oh, so cool. We've gotta, and and we've got door prizes. So we've, we've got, to, I'm so sorry. We, we could do this. Fun. You know, somebody but, did but, raise their hand at the last minute. Oh, okay. Then I'd like 9B. 
9B. Okay. This is Karen. Oh, it's Karen. Okay. All right. And uh, Mia, this is Pat. Hey, Pat. Hey, and uh, Ray says he wanted the one, the tire ring. The tire. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's a little shy right now, and he can't. Uh, <laughs> want me to speak. That's the one I got, the tire one. Karen got. And I have to tell Ray that you snooze, you lose. That's what he did for him. Ray actually was getting on the Metro Access van, and he couldn't, he couldn't buy it. So, Karen, you get it, and I'm going to have to break poor Ray's heart. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, um, can you guys give everyone my phone number? And um, that way they can reach out if you bought anything tonight. Sandra, I have your number, um, and I can reach out to you. So, Barbie, Karen, and I have Ray Razor's number, so I can reach out to him. Um, what did you say, Barbie? Is your number still the same? It's a 310 number. Okay. Yeah, I think I Reggie thinks he has her number, but I don't have Karen's number oh, or Karen's number. Yes. Uh, um. So if someone can give me those. I would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Fabulous. Thank you very thank much. You. Fun. No, thank you, guys. Pat has Pat has your phone number, uh, Mia. So uh, or your email address or whatever. And I will I will send you Karen's information. Great, thank you. Can you send me Cassandra's as well? Um, oh, who was that? Um, uh, Sandra Burchett? It just said Cassandra. Yeah, I think so. I think that was. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Mia. Yes, Pat? I think he was just saying thank you. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> it's time for two more door prizes. Actually, Jane, do you want to let go of the door prizes for time, the sake of time? Yeah, so let's do that. Let's just save them okay. for tomorrow. That's yeah, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because now it's time for Maryland's national treasure here. <laughs> Mr. Audio Description himself is going, Joel Snyder is going to talk to us about audio description. And then we are going to show the movie Harriet. Um just for those of you who are on Zoom, because it's not going to be on ACB Media. So um, it's going to be a late night, people. But it's a really cool movie. I've seen it. Um, so, Joel, are you up here on the panel side? My- I am. Can yeah, you, you hear are. me? Thank you. Yes, Wonderful. we can. And I'm, I'm uh, sharing my screen here. Uh, so hopefully that for those of you that are in the audience with low vision, perhaps you can see what I've got in front of you there. Uh, thank you, first of all, to Joanne and Jane and Cecily and everybody at the Maryland Council. Yes, I'm a lifelong Maryland resident, so go Maryland, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, this is about audio description, making visual images accessible to folks who are blind. And I mentioned I've got a, a PowerPoint slide up. And this first slide here, you know, it, it's mostly text. Well, how do you make text accessible to an audience of folks who are blind? Well, uh, you read it. You read it aloud. You voice it. And that's what I'll do. Audio Description Associates, LLC, the Visual Made Verbal, and the American Council of the Blind's Audio Description Project presents 
Audio Description, the visual made verbal with Joel Snyder, Ph.D., President Audio Description Associates, LLC, founder and senior consultant to the Audio Description Project of ACB. ACB of Maryland, February 25th, 2022. And at the bottom, four words, American Audio Description Symbol. And there is a logo there. It's a white square within which are two letters in bold black type, an A and a D. The left side of that A is tilted just a bit to the right, and to the right of the curve in the D, three curved lines, period. Now, why do I say that? Because I'll tell you, (laughs) most beginning describers I have found would, would, would describe that they would go on. They would go on, and they might say something like, oh, they represent sound waves. Well, that's true. That's true. But there's nothing on the screen that says that for sighted people. Why would you add that information in for folks who are blind or have low vision? No, I I think um, there's no reason to believe that a person who's congenitally blind uh, wouldn't know that curved lines might represent sound waves. You could refer to them in a simile, perhaps. But the point is that we describe, we don't explain, we, we show we don't tell. And those are two just kind of basic fundamentals about audio description that I thought I'd begin with. Um, a little something else. I'm going to go to my next slide. And my next slide is a got a little comic uh, posted there. And, you know, I I, I usually, uh, and indeed on the screen here, I have it. it it's zoomed in. Or rather, I should say it, <laughs> the comic itself, the picture is, is, is closed in. It's very tiny on the screen. I could enlarge it, of course, but I don't. There's method to my madness because a lot of people might very well, sighted folks might be leaning into their screen and going, what? What does that say exactly? I can't read the caption. Well, there you go. Audio description is for folks who are blind, of course, but also folks who maybe the presenter forgot to enlarge the image. Or maybe you're sitting way in the back of the room. It's a big room and you just can't see that screen way up in front. Audio description is helpful for sighted people, too. So let me give you a description of this image because I think this is sort of fun. The Fan by John McPherson. On a stage, at left, a woman in a flowing gown, her hands clasped in front of her, stands before a kneeling man in a doublet and feathered cap. He croons, Why does thy heart turn away from mine? At right, a man at a microphone speaks. Basically, the guy with the goofy hat is ticked because this babe has been running around with the dude in the black tights. And the caption reads, Many opera companies now provide interpreters for the culturally impaired. A little bit of description humor for you there. But you know, when I when I first saw this cartoon and I saw that guy kneeling on stage, I thought, what is that on his head? It looks like an axe in his head. Is this some sort of tragedy? Had I been listening to the description, oh, it's just the feathered cap. Whew, I feel better, you know. Oh, and that's a doublet he's wearing. I can't quite tell. A doublet. All right, I get it now. And I'm an old-sighted guy, but if I was listening to the description, it would help me understand what that image is all about. Um, You know, oftentimes I um, make presentations like this, and I will subtitle it 
if your eyes could speak, if your eyes could speak. And I, I stole that line from a movie. Some of you may know it. About 10 years ago, The Book Thief. It's a, it's a marvelous film. Um, it, it involves, I'm going to show you just a one-minute clip. It involves a young man being hidden in the basement of a home for his own good. Uh, you know, the, the, the windows have been blacked out so nobody can see him. It, you know, no one can see inside that basement area. Uh, but, of course, he can't see out. And every now and then a young girl will come down to that basement and she's got a blackboard there. She likes to write and, and practice English, you know, on the blackboard. And she loves words. And the young man loves to chat with her about language. And, and this is what happens. She's at the blackboard and she's writing on it. Henry, where do you get these words? It's a secret. And who would I tell? Can you do me a favor? Can you describe the day for me? What's it like outside? It's cloudy. No, 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 no. Make the words yours. If your eyes could speak, what would they say? It's a pale day. Pale. Good. Go on. Everything's stuck behind a cloud. And the sun doesn't look like the sun. What does it look like? Like a silver oyster. Thank you. I saw that. He leans back, touches his finger to his head, you know, closes his eyes. I saw that. A silver oyster. Think about that. That's just a, a 11-year-old girl. I, I would say she's a budding describer. She's, she's got a good, uh, good grasp on language and words to use to describe an image vividly, creatively, imaginatively. That's what audio description is all about. Um, yeah, I thought I would share uh, another little something with you, too. G- given we're all Marylanders here, um, some years back, I uh, produced for the Smithsonian in D.C., the uh, National Museum of American History. I produced the audio description, an audio described tour of their uh, really, uh, oh golly, starship exhibit, if you will. Uh, it is the exhibit of the Star-Spangled Banner, the flag that inspired the national anthem. And as you all know, of course, that flag uh, was flown over Baltimore's own Fort McHenry. And it is what inspired Francis Scott Key to write the words to the national anthem. So I picked this up. I dug this out of my archives and I thought I'm going to share just a little bit of this Maryland history with you. Here's just a, a minute or so of the beginning of the audio described tour of the the Smithsonian's exhibit, The Star-Spangled Banner, the flag that inspired the national anthem. And you can access this, the whole exhibit, uh, on the web, uh, or of course at the Smithsonian if you visit there. Here you go. Welcome to the National Museum of American History and its flagship exhibition, The Star-Spangled Banner, the flag that inspired the national anthem. This is a 30-minute audio-described tour, one that makes visual images more accessible for visitors with vision impairments and more meaningful for all visitors. 
Some objects on the tour are tactile or have been designed to be touched. I'll mention those as we proceed, but please do not handle other items. You're standing just outside the exhibit, in front of and below an abstract representation of the United States flag designed by architects at the firm Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill. It is suspended 30 feet above you and consists of 15 horizontal rows of 62 pixels or silver reflective tiles. The rows representing the 15 stripes of the Star Spangled Banner undulate in curving waves as though the stationary flag is waving in a breeze. To your right is the entry portal to our exhibit and the first of three areas. The entry corridor with four sections. It will be followed by the viewing area and then the exit corridor and its five stations. Now let's begin our tour. As you approach the entry corridor, you may notice the blocks of textured glass below your feet. The flooring of the entry corridor shifts to wood. The entry corridor. You've entered a corridor that stretches to your left about 75 feet and is on a slight incline. As you stroll up this corridor, exhibits will be on your right. A three foot high glass barrier runs along the length of the hall between you and the exhibits immediately in front of you. Notice the music playing at this first station. This is an harmony only version of the Star Spangled Banner played on a cello. In the background in this area is an enlarged color photo reproduction of a detail from the flag. Its broad red and white stripes and large blue field with white stars. On a horizontal placard, text reads The Star Spangled Banner. On September 14, 1814, U.S. soldiers at Baltimore's Fort McHenry raised a huge American flag. To celebrate a crucial victory over British forces during the War of 1812. The sight of those broad stripes and bright stars inspired Francis Scott Key to write a song that eventually became the United States national anthem. Key's words gave new significance to a national symbol and started a tradition in which generations of Americans have invested the flag with their own meanings and memories. As you move along the corridor, you'll come to the next station, the Capitol Captured. Listen, can you hear the sounds of Washington burning? A background mural shows bright yellow, orange, and red flames swirling in fiery unrest. A tall placard tells us, The Capitol Captured. In 1812, the United States declared war with Great Britain. Angered by British interference with American trade, the young nation was intent on reaffirming its recently won independence. Instead, a series of defeats left Americans anxious and demoralized. They were stunned when, on August 24, 1814, British troops marched into Washington, D.C., and set the Capitol Building and White House ablaze. A Baltimore resident described the 1814 burning of Washington in this way Every American heart is bursting with shame and indignation at the catastrophe. Well, 
I'm going to stop it there. It gives you just a taste of the exhibit, and I hope you guys can access it on the web at the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of American History website, or go on down there. I don't know what their schedules are these days with the COVID and such, but I think you'll enjoy experiencing the entire exhibit. The flag itself is as large as a small home. It is huge, and that's the way they made flags in those days to fly from the top of masts over forts designed so they could be seen for many miles. Um, just another minute or two I, before we get to our main event, the, the movie Harriet, um, I'm, I'm showing on the screen right now the uh, home page to the Audio Description Project's website, which is one of our initiatives, probably our most visible one. And I want to make sure that you all know about that website. The, the URL for the website is simply https colon slash slash and then the main part of it, of course, adp.acb.org, adp.acb.org. It really is the go-to place for information about audio description. You can find out what's on television right now with audio description, what movies have description, what streaming services offer films with description. But you can also find out by state what performing arts spaces off description, uh, what museums offer description. We have uh, all kinds of wonderful initiatives. We've got uh, training that we do twice a year in audio description next month. Uh, we've got a, a five-day training session, our Audio Description Institute, our 19th, actually, uh, happening virtually. We give awards in the uh, realm of audio description, have been doing that for 11 years. Um, we have conferences on audio description. We'll have a mini conference as part of the ACB conference this summer. Um, and Oh, we have a wonderful program, too, that I just want to make sure you know about. It's called BADI, B-A-D-I-E, The Benefits of Audio Description in Education. We give prizes to blind kids who write reviews of audio-described media. It's a wonderful collaboration we have with the Described and Captioned Media Program, and uh, it, it really does a lot, I think, to build literacy among kids. So adp.acb.org. And my last slide is simply my own contact information. If you've got any questions uh, about audio description, anything at all, you can always reach out to me at jsnyder, J-S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org or audiodescribe.com. And I've got listed there on the slide here. Uh, look at that. I wrote a book, uh, The Visual Made Verbal, a comprehensive training manual and guide to the history and applications of audio description. And I, I want to, I like to mention it because, it, well, it's my book, but it was published by the American Council of the Blind in 2014. And I am very proud to note that it's in uh, some six languages now. It's in Braille. It's available as an audiobook from uh, the Library of Congress and on Bard. It, uh, and it, it's now in Spanish, in print, in Spanish, in Polish, in Portuguese, in Russian. Chinese is coming out right soon, and we've got a few other languages uh, coming. So, And then again, uh, the uh, Audio Description Institute. Uh, next, uh, You can still sign up for it if you're interested in learning how people who are blind can be a part of the production of Audio Description, March 21st through 25th. Just go through, go to that website, adp.acb.org, and you'll be able to uh, sign up for the Audio Description Institute and learn lots more about audio description. 
that's all I have there, Jane. Um, and uh, but I can, um, uh, if if people have some questions, I'd be happy to answer them while I get the screen ready to um, to show our film. And uh, thank you, Jeff Bishop, for streaming for us tonight. We appreciate oh, you. Oh, you bet. You bet. Jeff's great. Uh, no, I, I I didn't notice any raised hands. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's we're fine. Ready to show our movie. Well, let's get to it. Indeed, Harriet is a. Uh, I remember seeing it when it was first run in movie theaters. A marvelous film, of course, about Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. Many of the stations of which, of course, right here in Maryland. So let's get going with the the film. Uh, audio described, uh, and of course, you'll hear the audio description track along with the original soundtrack. Here we go. <laughs> 